Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network. This show, we believe in the Detroit Lions, and by the end of this episode, so will you. This this is normally the time where I introduce the one and only hard-hitting Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades, but... I mean, this is becoming a reoccurrence on the show that I, that I can't find Mr. Blades. can't track him down. He he reschedules. He doesn't show up. I, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm trying to bring you guys Benny Blades. I know he wants to talk football. But as I say, and as I cover for him multiple weeks here, he's doing lots of stuff in South Florida. He's running a school up here in Michigan. He's got a lot of things going on. So... Yet again here, uh, it's your host, Eric Oakery, and uh, like I said, I, I want to get you guys some content. I want to talk some Lions football, so we'll go ahead and, and plow forward. I got lots of interesting things to talk about today. I want to talk about these rookies again. Me and Benny got into it last week, talking about these rookies, talking about um, how the Lions did in the draft, how Brad Holmes fared in his first draft as Lions GM. I want to kind of circle back and, and talk about the fits. How do these guys fit on the team? talk about some of their expectations you know what I think they might be able to do here in year one year two whatever it may be Um, what could their impact be not only on the field but off as well as some of their personalities you know why some of these guys could impact the team based on uh, how they're built how they're made up what I've seen from them so far so we'll get into all that but before we do that you guys know we got to get one of our great sponsors in here that's betonline.ag one of the tremendous sponsors here at uh, the Believe Podcasting Network. Keeps the lights on. Uh, really appreciate you guys visiting them. I know there's a lot of, you know, we're heading into like NBA and hockey. Um, got playoffs going on, so you can head over there and check out these over-unders and all types of things. So everybody will take a quick pause, get betonline.ag in here. And then when we come back, I'm just I'm just talking all football. No more ads for the rest of the show. We're going to talk all football and have a bunch of fun doing it and just uh, just talk ball. So, everybody, we'll be right back. Believe in Lions listeners, you know we got to get betonline.ag in here. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free, absolutely free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50%, 50%, you can't beat that, welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
All right, what's going on, everybody? We are back. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors, BetOnline.ag. This show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. I want to really appreciate them sponsoring the show. And, And another thing you guys can do to help out the show, go hit that subscribe button. I mean... I normally don't do this, but but go to Benny Blades 36 on Twitter and just hammer him on Twitter. Just just ask why he's not on the show. Ask what he's up to. <laughs> just uh, ask him a million questions about the Lions. Just go do that for me just to kind of bug Mr. Blades. Um, I, I think it's worth it here this week. But, uh, you know, if you hit subscribe, if you go find me on Twitter, I'm at Derek Okri, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. It really helps out. And as you guys know, I really enjoy talking to Mr. Blades. Me and Benny have a lot of fun. We laugh. I got to give him a hard time. So it's all good. I understand he's busy. I do throw him under the bus sometimes on the show. Sometimes he deserves it. Sometimes he doesn't. But like I say, um, I'm going solo again, talking football. And, and like you said, you're going to get some some top-end content because I won't have Mr. Blades interrupting me half the time and, and going on and on about the you and you know whatever else he – all these stories from 30 years. Come on now. We're talking real ball. We're talking 2021 Lions football right now. And let's talk about how these players fit. So I'll just work my way down. I mean, when you're looking at the top pick, Penny Sewell, the guy's been a left tackle his whole time at Oregon. Um you know, won the best lineman in the country trophy at 19 years old. He's played that left side. And I always say, man, it's not that easy to flip over. You know, you can't just flip and just going to be a stud. But this guy's so young, he's so big, he's so fleet of foot. I know Brad Holmes was quoted, I think it was in Monday Morning Quarterback. They did a whole behind the scenes and, and Brad Holmes just couldn't stop talking about how incredible, you know, Penny Sewell's footwork is. You know, he just quick feet, get out, um, just speed to get out and block people, uh, you know, on the move. Just the way that he, his pass sets, his run sets are incredible. So, you know, where's Penny Sewell going to fit? I mean, from day one, he's going to be over there on the right side, you know, being an absolute bookend tackle. We've had all these turnstiles here with the Lions, you know, paid Rick Wagner, like a top 10 tackle, thought that was decent at the at the time until he stepped on the field and was average at best, you know. Um, could we have done worse? Yeah, but could we have done a lot better for the money that we paid Rick Wagner? Absolutely. He never seemed to have a fire under his belly. He just kind of was out there. You know, he'd get beat from time to time. He'd be decent from time to time. That didn't work out. Bob Quinn thought it was a genius idea to bring Hal Vita in here for, what, four years 40 some million dollars. I know after this year we can kind of get out of there, but he was injured, not very good. Sounds like they may play him at guard. So Penny Sewell is really going to sure this up. And the more you think about it, you know, Taylor Decker on the left side, Jonah Jackson at left guard, Frank Ragnow, who the Lions just paid. That's big news. Got to get that out here on the show. Frank Ragnow. He's signed with the Lions until 2026, making big-time money. Really happy for Frank. What a great guy and what a great football player. Just getting better and better every year. And the reason he's so dang good is because you don't ever notice him on Sundays or on Monday night, whenever they play. It's like that's what you want from an interior offensive lineman or especially your center. You just do not want to notice him. It means they're doing their job. So he's locked down for years to come. That right guard spot's a little bit of a – a mystery to some degree, but man, just locking up that right side with Penny Sewell. And here's another reason it's such a great fit. It was such a great pick for so many reasons. 
if anything ever happens to Taylor Decker with the with the type of football players and depth the Lions have on that line. Let's say Taylor Decker goes down and gets injured. We don't want that to happen. I'm glad he signed long term as well. You know, you flip Penny Sewell to the left. You keep everybody else as is. You either bump Hal Vitae out to play right tackle. You put Crosby out to play right tackle. You can put Logan Stenberg at right guard. You can put Matt Nelson could probably play either on the right side or at right guard in a pinch. Uh, you know, they they even got this kid, Drake Jackson, undrafted kid, who can come in and play center guard. You know what I mean? So... They've got so many combos. The the main com- this is the combo I really want to see. I I, I want to see Decker, Jackson, Ragnow, Crosby, and Penny Sewell. Crosby and Sewell know each other from Oregon. I think Crosby's better than how Vitae just innately. I feel like you can you know just tell Hal Vitae to find a nice comfy spot on the bench. You pay him for another year, and then you get him up out of here. Um, like I said, Crosby and, and uh, Sewell have that have that chemistry. They know each other. They played at the same school. You know, Crosby's shown some decent things. He just hasn't been tremendous. So I, I would really like to see that if I'm talking about offensive lines up front. But Penny Sewell, he may wear a Hall of Fame jacket at some point. But I just love what he does, you know, blocking, pass, or run. I love how he gets out. And, and crushes people when you're throwing screens. I love his mentality. He's humble. He's young. He's excitable. He loves football. He has a great family. So many things you got to love about the fit, the personality, the impact, all the things that he'll bring to the table. Absolutely love it. So let's go to the second round. Levi Onzerike. Now, Mr. Blades talking all about he's going to come up with these nicknames or whatever. It took me about two seconds after we ended the show to come up with at least an option. I'm not saying this is a slam dunk, but I'm saying this is a lot better than Mr. O or or Levi or whatever uh, Benny wanted to call him. Probably the most obvious choices. How about this? Big Denim. Levi's denim, you get it? Big denim. And then and then what Levi needs to do is he needs to show up on game days rocking that Canadian tuxedo. I want to see denim jeans, denim jacket, denim shirt, denim hat. Uh just straight up old school, man. Old school denim like you're back in an R&B group and like the what? The early 80s is what this guy should be rocking. But no, seriously, though, big Levi, big denim, whatever you want to call him, big O, low, L-O-W. Like, this guy's a ball player. I I saw some YouTube stuff on him. He... He's got a really good personality. He's a hard worker. He's one of those big guys that's really agile too. When you kind of watch his workouts, he's he's limber. He can do all the the pass rush moves, but he can also hold the point of attack. Sounds like you know Big Denim is going to be you know a really integral piece of this de- defensive line. The Lions loved him. There's been articles come out they were about to trade up for him. There's been other articles talking about um, they didn't think he would be there when they picked. There was other things saying they just you know left the draft room I think after round one saying we, we want Levi at pick 41 when they came back around the second round that's exactly who they got so the coach the GM everybody's on the same page to me what you're going to get out of Levi is a is a three technique a guy that can play the edge can play the inside he, he can rush the passer he can hold the point now 
Is he is he always going to get after the quarterback? Are you see crazy sack numbers from this guy? No, I don't think so. I think he's going to be a type of guy that is going to penetrate. He's going to disrupt. He's going to actually be able to kind of be disruptive enough to let other guys like Trey Flowers, Deshaun Hand, you know, Michael Brockers, those type of guys get off and maybe be able to elevate their play and their numbers. But I'm not expecting big sack numbers or or crazy eye-popping plays from Levi. But what I'm expecting is just this very athletic, probably more athletic than any of the D linemen we've had because everybody knows, you know, Matt, Pat, and company. They just wanted big old pluggers, guys that were, you know, just uh, holding the point, trying to stop the run. No, Levi's the type of guy that can, can get off the ball. He, he's got some pass rush moves if you want to kick him outside, like I mentioned. And, man, the, this guy's such a good kid and such a – just the way he talks, the way he thinks, the way – the kind of swagger he has. I just think Detroit's going to love this guy if he can blow up the middle of the other team's offensive line as well as, you know, have some fun out on the field. I think his teammates are going to love him. I think he's going to come in from day one and be a good worker, a guy that everybody gets along with. And as long as he can produce and play on the football field, he's going to be a tremendous fit both on the field. His impact, like I say, is going to be more on what he does than what his numbers show. And his personality is just awesome you know on so many levels I loved his interview I think he's just a a great kid I'm just I I don't know what his ceiling is yet that's what I'll be curious of but the Lions love him I think you can uh, never go wrong with big bodies in the trenches whether they blow up the run get after the quarterback uh, you know just have bodies that can rotate all that stuff's going to be good so I'm looking forward to all of it so Levi big denim low welcome to Detroit baby let's get to work let's see what you got I have pick number 72, Mr. Aleem McNeil. This was one, like I say, you read up about him. I mean, he was the 3-4, three, um, three, number 3 or number 4, let's put it that way, defensive tackle on almost every board. The more you read about him, this guy is 320, 330-some pounds, whatever you want to throw him at. And he's such an athlete, man. He can he can do it all. So I see Aleem McNeil being a guy that, yeah, he's going to line up right over your center, but he's not just going to grab on and stand there. He's going to try to get upfield. He's going to try to knock you off the ball. He's going to be able to see and shed. He's going to be able to go get ball carriers. Like, Aleem McNeil is a guy that a lot of people are high on. Obviously, the Eagles wanted him. Other teams wanted him. I think because of his athleticism, his feet, his strength, his ability to to do things that most nose tackles can't do is going to be really fun to watch again I don't know I don't think you're going to see you know six eight ten sacks out of this guy if he's getting you four to six and a lot of penetration maybe a couple times where he gets the ball out on fumbles you know able to create for other people run some twists some games with him whatever it may be I think Aleem McNeil again has a chance to be another fan favored in Detroit another guy that Lions fans can rally around big body can move good personality again saw his interview thought man this guy loves football this guy's a good quality kid like I I get more excited about him day after day than I was when they made the pick because I was so stuck on I wanted Deami Brown I wanted um you know in the in the second round even when they took Levi it was kind of like you know Jeremiah Wusukoromo was there like there are lots of other the Trayvon Merrick the guy I liked was there so it's like I was a little hung up on them but the more you look at it you're like man three big bodies to start one on the offensive line two on the D line um guys that can replace 
you know, the ridiculous um, big old salary of Trey Flowers. Again, Trey Flowers is a good guy. He's a good football. He's a, But he's an $18 million player. He's kind of proven to not be so. So, you know, he could play this year. These kids can come along. And I think you're moving in a new direction with this defensive line under the tutelage of Michael Brockers. That's going to bring these guys along. So, Liam McNeil, really excited to see what he can do. Don't think the Lions have had that big body that can move and get after people in a long time, probably since the days of, like, Sue, even going back to almost before my time with big baby Sean Rogers, who was a lot lazier than Aline McNeil is and, you know, was just able to move, penetrate when he wanted to play. I think Aline McNeil is going to play um, when he's out there. I think he's going to produce. I think he's going to disrupt. I think he's going to be versatile. And I think you're just adding him to all these other big bodies. Like I said, I hate to name him off again. Flowers, Hand, Austin Bryant, uh, the Oquara boys, all these people that are going to be able to move around the defensive line and come after the quarterback, as well as if you need them to hold up against the run. I don't think these guys are, are paperclips either, so I'm excited about that. Later in the third round, Iffy Melifonwu. I know, I know Benny, all, he can't call him Iffy, man. He's Iffy to me. Man, this kid ain't Iffy, nothing. Like 6'2", 212 pounds, long arms. The board I used, you know, he was about 50, what was he, around 55 to 60, somewhere in that range as far as the overall rating. The Lions got him at 101. That's crazy good value for this kid. He went down to the Senior Bowl, tremendous. When you look at his fit for the Lions, you're starting to look at their depth. I mean, the perfect scenario, in my opinion, would be A.O. and Okuda to start on the outside. You know, put Corn Elder um, in the slot, see what he can do. You know, to me, AO or um, or Dunbar, you know, is going to be a coin flip. See who wins that, and 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 if he's the next guy up, you know what I mean? That's that man, Iffy. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be that next corner that you can depend on. One great thing I heard. This was from Nagy, the uh, head guy over at the Senior Bowl. He said where Melifonwu stands out the most is they had him play a little safety and cover tight ends. Anybody out there listening that BLEAV believes in the Lions knows that we could not cover a tight end to save our life, I don't know, the past like decade plus. So to have a guy that's long, he's tall, he can run, he can jump, to be able to come down and lock up these guys, which also frees up Tracy Walker, which also lets you do some things with this other you know, newer, younger corners that we finally have invested in. Yeah, I'm really excited about Iffy, and he ain't going to be Iffy at all. It's going to be a ball player. Again, another guy that loves football. He has a you know family that's involved in the game. I don't think you're going to have to worry about him off the field. I think he's going to be a good player, but I also think it's not going to be a bad thing if he's not a starter or if you're only seeing him in certain packages. That's a good thing. That means that Dunbar, Cornelder, A.O., Okuda, Mr. Okuda, that's for you, Benny, are doing their thing. You know what I mean? They're out there playing football, which I'd be really excited about. So, again, good fit. Probably make uh, quality impact year one without being a starter, which is always a good thing. Um, Good personality, good kid off the field. Really like that pick based on the value. If you're getting a guy that's 50 or 60 on my board in the hundreds, yeah, we can work with that. He could have been a mid you know, round two guy. Instead, he's at the bottom of round three with that extra pick we got from the L.A. Rams. 
Let's keep this thing moving. Get to the fourth round where they took St. Brown, the wide receiver uh, from USC. I mean, again, lots of comparisons to this guy. The thing I liked about him most, I think I hit on this either on this show or my other podcast you can listen to on Wednesdays and Fridays. That's called the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. We serve up that Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid and tell you guys to drink it in. Um, you know, I was I was talking about St. Brown as just like the, the time he jumped off the page to me. I don't know if I was at home or where I was, but I just happened to pop on NFL Network and it was a USC Pro Day. And all it was was St. Brown just out there running route after route, just looked... Like a young Golden Tate out there, no shirt, ripped up, working his tail off, catching everything, looking strong after the catch, not playing any games, looked like a guy that was motivated, um, you know, had a, had a job to do, was out there doing that job. So I really like that pick at, uh, what was that, 112 overall, top of the fourth round. I think that St. Brown's going to come in. I think he's going to basically be your slot receiver from day one. I really do. I think the Lions are going to roll out Tyrell, Perriman, St. Brown on the slot, unless they do something, which they probably won't do, but that's trade for Odell Beckham Jr. or go out and get themselves a big-time receiver. I don't see that happening. I see the Lions just rolling out these younger upside coin flip guys and then also I could see one or two of their undrafted receivers making it. You know, they they took some really interesting undrafted free agent receivers. So, you know, go ahead and give me St. Brown as my sl- starting slot receiver. He can run he can run quick routes. You can actually, um, you know, run reverses to him as well, which was something Golden Tate did. And this guy can get behind you. He, he he can use the speed. He can use the sneaky route running and get behind you where you can throw him some deep balls as well. So this is a guy, if you play fantasy football, that is going to get some buzz in rookie drafts. He's also a guy that just, he's just an exciting player. You know, he's going to be fun to watch. I think he's going to make plays. He's going to get lots of opportunities for a, a fourth-round receiver. The Lions didn't spend a high resource, but instead they got a slot which they needed, a good kid off the field, a hard worker, a versatile chess piece, which is always nice to have rather than just a speed outside guy. This guy can move inside, outside, do whatever you want to do. And I think he's going to overproduce. I really do. I think he's people are going to be really excited with the plays he's going to make on the football field as well as say, hey, you know, this is just no... Flash in the pan, no-nothing receiver. This guy's going to outperform his draft position as well as, like I say, just Detroit's going to love his mentality. No nonsense. He will block you. He will work hard. He will be a a leader, I believe, of that receiver group early on. You know what I mean? I'm just excited we can do. Speaking of leadership, you want to talk about the fit and the personality of Derek Barnes. I can't say enough about this kid when you're talking about his fit. People were kind of like wondering, where does he fit? You know, he was a defensive end. Then he moved to off-ball linebacker. That's what's so beautiful. The the guy can rush the passer in a pinch. He also proved he could play off the ball, and he's got speed and length to go get you. And I haven't even hit on his best trait yet, which is the type of kid he is. Incredible. I heard Nagy, too, from the Senior Bowl backed up my statement I said a couple weeks ago. This is a future and soon to be captain of the Detroit Lions. I mean, I I think, you know, from what I've heard from Dan Campbell, I think Brad Holmes and even had uh, you know, statements saying this guy's wearing 55 and he's playing in the middle of the defense. I've heard people compare him to Tulloch. 
I've heard people say, you know, watch out for this kid starting basically from day one. So to move up from the fifth round to that top of the fourth round, get this kid basically say, hey, from day one, you might be in the middle of our defense playing middle linebacker, move Jamie Collins all around the football field. Um, you know, we already got these different types of rushers up front, so, you know, they can shed and this guy can run, hit. Now, do I want him just out in coverage all day long? No. Do the line still need to find a guy at the linebacker position that probably cover a little bit better? Maybe, but they could also drop Tracy or iffy down and, and, and cover you. So I'm not too worried about that. I'm really not. So, you know, um, I think Derek Barnes, again, I think he's going to be a quiet type leader you know will he get in the middle of the huddle and rally up his boys i think so but is he going to be the guy in the locker room that's just going to give very educated very calm very quality answers yeah i think so he's not going to be a hothead in that realm but i think he's got juice out on the football field to not only get after you but get excited after the play and be a fun player to watch for the detroit lions so i mean i'm talking about first second two-thirds and two-fourths here that i'm really fired up about And it's not just what they did in college. It's not just their height, weight, speed. This is fits. This is impact. This is personality. This is leadership. This is, you know, Dan Campbell, Dan freaking Campbell, and Brad Holmes being on the same page. I mean, if you can't tell, I I love this draft. I love these football players, and I think you guys should too. Keep it moving. I don't even need to take a breath. I don't need any water, nothing. We're going to keep this thing rolling. So they didn't have a fifth or a six-round pick with that move up. But they got this kid, Jamar Jefferson, late, late, late in the seventh round. I found some YouTubes on this kid. If you guys follow me at Derek Oakry on Twitter, I put out Levi. Big Denim's got like a, a multi-video draft, path to the draft he did, which is interesting. Jamar Jefferson has a, you know, Watches, watch him training. You hear from his trainers, like all the trainers. I mean, good kid, strong, strong, you know, body, catch it. You know, not the fastest guy in the world, but also a guy that can catch, can run it. And if he sees the hole, he can, he can hit it and go. So, did the Lions find something here in the late seventh round? I, I think they think they did. I, I think this is a sleeper type of guy. I still think you want to lean on Swift. You want to lean on Jamal Williams, who you brought in. But but to upgrade from, from a beat-up, broken-down carry-on, who I got a lot of heat online for saying carry-on Johnson doesn't love football. I mean, go show me where where he, like, really, you know, has, has shown that. Like, he, he's been hurt. When he comes back, he gets what's given to him, but he just, after those first few games in Miami, the big one against the Patriots, it just hasn't been there. I mean, the big old knee brace, everything, like, he's getting married, he has a kid come, whatever the case may be, like, I just don't see him lasting in the league. I mean, I know he went to Philly pretty quick, but who knows what Philly is doing with their running backs. I mean, they got about six running backs. None of them are, seem to be, you know, top quality. They don't even know how to use Miles Sanders, so... Like I just see him going in there, being like a pass protector, a couple plays here or there, and then washing out of the league in a couple of years. I really do. Jamar Jefferson's a kid. You get fresh legs. You get a guy that has some juice to him. You get a guy that doesn't need the football right away because you got two guys in front of him that are also young and can do some things. 
So I think that was a really sneaky pick. Again, the Lions thought he was much higher than that. Jamar Jefferson thought he was going in the third or fourth round. So he's got confidence in himself. The Lions have confidence in him. You know, have those three and then kind of either find a veteran or find a a guy that can be more of a, a, you know, meat and potatoes type of guy and let those top three just spread the carries and find ways to use them. I mean... I, I don't know what the ceiling is for Jamar Jefferson either, but he seems like a great kid. He's got the body to play running back. He's obviously much younger. Um, well, Carry on was pretty young, but I mean, when in regards to beat up on his body, I feel like he's so much farther ahead and give us so much more juice when it comes to what he can bring at the running back position. So just absolutely love that. And like I say, you can't, I've talked about all these kids now, and except for Levi having a, you know, swearing left and right on his press conferences and, and big, um, big Aline McNeil being just a nasty big body, like, I don't see any bad kids here. I don't see anybody that I see washing out of the league. I don't see anybody that the Lions are like have to have too many worries about. They're all going to come in here, play their role, and be quality football players. So I think that can't be... You know, understated in regards to character off the field, but good football players, good value. I mean, Lions are getting A's, A pluses. We went through the grades last week here on Believe in Lions. Those are no joke. Those those aren't like a couple decent grades here or there, and then people you know really you know didn't like this draft. It's basically highly rated across the board. Now, have the Lions had drafts in the past where they're getting A's, A-pluses from Mel Kuyper, that's Benny's boy, and other people? Sure they have. But this is a, this is much different. This is much more of a quality draft, quality positions of need, good value, young guys. I mean, you look at, like, Penny Sewell, 20 years old. Aleem McNeil, 20 years old. Um, you know, like Jefferson, I want to say is like 21 years old and yeah, St. Brown, you know, Derek Barnes, probably in that 22, 23 type range. But the one thing I'll trade off for youth is that consistent, you know, college production that you did it multiple years. St. Brown did it multiple years. He produced Derek Brown. Like I said, moved him or Derek Barnes moved him around. I don't know how many times I'm calling Derek Brown. I swear I did that last week on multiple shows. I don't know what my issue with is with that. It's like, I think Derek Brown was the guy the Lions were talking about the year prior when they took Okuda. It's just on my brain for whatever reason, but Derek Barnes, sorry, is, you know, he's got multiple years of production in the big 10. You know, you've got you've got Iffy, multiple years, basically came in from day one and was playing for Syracuse and got better and better every year. And and Iffy is young too. I wanna want to say he's he's twenty one years old or so. So the Lions got youth, they got positions of need, they got value, they got character, they got players that come in. Now Everybody can take the Benny Blade stance, or you'll hear some of my other buddies on my other show, oh, we'll wait and see what they do. Oh, they're just prospects. Oh, no, the draft is a crapshoot. Oh, the Lions, you know, they they never get so-and-so. Like, I'm telling you, like, that's been true in the past. I'm definitely not a guy that shows up and says, well, because the last couple classes they've had these washouts and taking guys like Huntley, who was just a waste of a pick, you know, so-and-so didn't do anything. What's his name is out at the bowling. Like, I don't care. I care about this class right now. I care about this regime. 
And I feel like you can always sit there and doubt rookies. Do I expect any of these guys, basically, other than Penny Sewell, to come in here and be perennial all-pro, pro-bowl players? No, not really. Like, do I expect Big Denim, McNeil, Iffy, St. Brown, Derek Barnes to be all be quality players that can probably start early on and make impacts for the Detroit Lions? Yes, I do. Do I think that we could be sitting here midseason and be like, man, that like third to last pick in the draft of Jefferson, that's working out pretty dang nicely, you know, especially moving on from carry on and having these fresh legs and this mix at running back. Yeah, I could see that. So I, I BLEAV and all these moves. I really believe in Brad Holmes after what he showed me. I believe in Dan freaking Campbell. I feel like Dan Campbell's a guy that grows on me every day with just how personable he is, the kind of moxie he has. Like, is he going to have his struggles in the first year or two as a head top guy, head coach? Yeah, maybe he is. But do I think that he can galvanize this team, this city, be a player's coach, be a type of guy that's been through the trenches and somebody that Detroit fans will love as long as he finds a way to put up W's eventually? Yeah, Lions fans have never been more excited in my book than they are. And you want to know why they're excited? Moved on from Matt Stafford. And I say that with confidence because people were just sick of the same old, same old. We knew what the ceiling was with Matt Stafford. We were tired of hearing his interviews. Yes, he was a good, quiet leader, but we never got the fiery on the field after his first couple years that we wanted. Never got any playoff wins. Never got us up over the hump. After, what, 2011, 2012, when he put up monster numbers, we never saw a resurgence of those astronomical numbers. So everybody was ready to move on. Everybody was also ready to move on from the big-bodied, you know, type catchers and Marvin and Kenny. You know, we're excited to have Swizzle, Hawkinson, Tyrell, Perriman, St. Brown. You know, all these new bodies. And then what have Lions fans wanted for years? A dominance, a nasty, a offensive line that's hopefully, and I don't even want to say hopefully, this offensive line is here for the next four to five years, locked in. Frankie, Decker, and Sewell are locked in. Those are your stalemates. Those guys are going to be very good football players. The Lions, easily, if these guys really do pan out and gel quicker than than some of the naysayers say, we could be a top five O-line this year. And especially heading into 2022. Like, I have no doubts about that. And I'm excited to see it. The Lions have never had a, a dominant offensive line in, in my time as a fan. Have they had okay offensive lines? At times. Have they had, you know, um, have they had, you know, a couple units that were above average and, and the times we went to the playoffs or, you know, those few years where we did keep Matt Stafford clean? Yeah, of course they did, you know, and, and that just shows you if you have a, a good offensive line, helps your quarterback, helps your running back, helps your passing game. And to add those bodies up front, look at back the, the last time we went to the playoffs and should have won in Dallas. What did we have? A good offensive line, some exciting skill players and a nasty defensive line that get after you. I feel like that's what the Lions are sneakily building and people are still writing them off. Ah, they might win five games. Ah, they might be picking top three, top five next year in the NFL draft. What if what if we all BLEAV in the Lions and they come out and just 
put all this together and Jared Goff is much better than advertised, then they they rip off seven, eight, nine, ten W's. I mean, could it happen in the NFL? I think it could. And especially in 2022 when we got two ones, and especially in 2023 when we got two ones, um, you know, I think this team is coming together great. I think Detroit is on board, which is fun to see. And as I ran down for you in the show, again, we're keeping a little bit shorter here without Mr. Blaze to argue with. I'm hoping we can get him back on the show. I'm trying to track him down, trying to bring you Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. But as I hit on earlier, these are all good fits. They fill needs. I think they'll make impacts, even if it's not, you know, blowing up your stat sheet every week or having, you know, these astronomical PFF grades. I think these guys are going to be impactful players when it comes to winning football games. Um, great personalities, great character, good leaders. I think you might have found leaders in Penne, Derek Barnes. You know, I could see Iffy being a decent leader. Um, St. Brown, I could see him being kind of that fiery wide receiver that gets people rallied up. So, Lions fans, believe in Lions fans. I really appreciate you listening. I hope this fired you up. I hope this got you even more excited about these rookies. Gave you my optimistic opinions as well as realistic views of how these guys could fit and kind of their best case scenario here on the team and now they got to go out on the football field and do it really curious to see if some of the guys like tracy deshaun hand um you know hunter bryant can we get out anything out of him you know how's ao gonna come together okuda is he gonna take a big old leap if all those things or even some of those things happen you're looking at a much better team under much better leadership and Damn sure a lot better coaching here in 2021, 2022. So, everybody, believe in the lines. Hit that subscribe button. I mean, that's basically 30, 40 minutes right there of straight-up football talk. No sound bits, no gimmicks, no Benny, <laughs> and no nonsense. Just straight-up football here on the show. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Check us next week right here on Believe. B-O-E-A-V and Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. Brought to you by... BetOnline.ag. Check us next week, everybody. Take care. Have a great weekend. We're out. I believe, I believe, I believe. If I can get respect from these guys, I'm a darn well get respect, and I'm going to demand the respect from anyone else. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.